This evening, we want to look at the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 11. Um, this Old Testament survey number three from the book Leviticus, a book that people don't like to read. Uh, they're missing out on some glorious truths that are found in the book of Leviticus. And tonight, the faithful few has gathered, and I pray that the word of God will minister to you. Let us pray. Our Father, we are but frail men and women, and we come to you for help again, that you will illuminate our eyes and that you will strengthen our feet that we may live pleasing to you. We commit this evening and ask your undertaking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Leviticus 11, 1 and 2, the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which you shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. As we resume our Old Testament survey in this book, after we have skipped it for a while, we come back to it. Now, after the first 10 chapters dealing with the priesthood and the procedure of worship, the next five chapters deals with daily living. Here we are introduced to Israel's dietary laws. We saw last time that worship is regulated by God and should not be trifled with by man. We saw the Lord and what he did. He have no respect of persons. Long time ago we spoke about that. Two sons of Aaron became victims of God's wrath because of overzealous, presumptuous ambition of their priestly office. And the interesting thing is Aaron never said a word. He would have complained, God is too harsh. God is unfair. God is merciless. You would have said that. Aaron never said a word. And sometimes when we face consequences and people face consequences, it's better to keep your mouth shut. Many times it is those closest to the elements and emblems of worship or close to officers of the church who feel they can trifle with spiritual things, with impunity. It's always those close to us. The instructions here in Leviticus are not only about worship, but it is also about living to please God. The Lord has the right to instruct his people in relationship to their dietary habits. Someone says that what a man eats or how we eat is what he is. And some of us may eat ourselves to death. What we, what we eat and how much we eat. 
And God had control over what his people should eat. When somebody tell you what to eat today, you think they're mad. Um, but God had the right to direct his people in their dietary habits. Now this chapter is showing that God's people were to be a separated people. Because of this, God's people were directed to observe strict dietary laws, which they did, even up to the time when Peter chided with God about what he was to eat. And it shows you how obedient the children of Israel were to external laws that we don't do today. Couldn't save them. What they eat was just as important as how they worship. Later in Leviticus, you would see God directed them how to dress. And I wish some people would, would listen to this. We heard some of it this morning because of what it represents. Couldn't wear wool and linen mix together. Why? Because works and grace doesn't mix. Linen is spun with the hand. Wool is from the sheep. God is wise. And he teach us salvation. We just have to unravel. Okay. Israel had just come out of a culture who ate anything, anytime. They once complain about the diet they miss. Brazen complaint. We miss the onions and the leeks and the garlic we had in Egypt. Them things get a heartburn. God made a promise to his people in Exodus 15, verse 26. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. For many years God spared the children of Israel from the diseases that were so prevalent among the Gentiles because of obedience to external laws. All meat was not fit for Jewish consumption. However, I must say, Dietary laws do not apply to Christians today. Jesus made this clear when he said, What goes into the belly does not defy the man, but what comes out of his heart, his mouth, is what defiles the man. For out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, thefts, adulteries, fornication, lasciviousness, covetousness, an evil eye, all these things come from within and defile the man. It does not matter what a person eats or drink because at the end of the day, God has ordained man's lifespan to be three score and ten and some may not even meet those years. We just lost two close family members. 
shocking. None of them planned to die. My cousin had shipped back home a trailer full of stuff to move back. A car, relatively new, didn't plan to die. Marcel's brother, Trevor, didn't plan to die. You don't know when you're next. I don't know when I'm next. I said that God is weighing in in our church with our men. And only the men he's touching. And you, I said, we better wake up and serve and live for God. I said to a man today, I am looking for you to come to this men's meeting I'm, we are having. He said, I'll try. You don't try to be obedient. You don't try to serve God. This is the kind of people that I'm called to minister to. I'll try. Well, I don't have to try to do anything. By God's grace, I will do of his good pleasure. The moment you try to serve God, you're going to fail. Commit yourself to him. And he will enable you to be obedient. Acceptable or acceptable animals versus one true tree. Verse 1 and 2. First is worth a comment. And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which you shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. There's a comment that I have to make. The first port of entry for God's revealed will often comes to those with whom God have given responsibility. I hope you notice this. I didn't want to miss it. Revelation is not brought by some nomad individual off the cuff who influenced church leaders. God spoke to Moses and Aaron who were responsible to convey the revelation that was given to them. At times, people want to instruct the minister of the gospel how to operate and maneuver in the church. You will fail and you will bring down the church. God has vested sufficient wisdom in those he has given that responsibility. And it may not seem logical and practical to us, but we ought to pray. That's our calling in the ministry. It's, this is a, a comment that I had to make. God has his own reasons for specifying these beasts that were to be eaten. God created the animals on day number six before he made man. And he did this to make way for sacrifice. Even before their sin, the sacrifices were there. Adam and Eve were beside themselves, sowing fig leaves. God stripped them because he had already made preparation. God is wise. We are but fools. 
God had the foresight to see man would fall into sin and provided a means of sacrifice, which typified Christ, who was slain from the foundation of the world. The acceptable beasts were to be parted hoof or split hoof, cloven footed, and chew the cud. To say that animals that chew the cud basically were not carnivorous. They didn't used to eat other animals. God is wise to spare his people from disease. God made the animals this way for his own glory and to teach us a spiritual message. Cloven foot has a split between the toes. And if you are familiar with animals, you would see what is cloven footed. And you know the pig is cloven footed, but the pig was an unclean animal and God says, don't even touch it. Today, you can eat pork, Tyler. You can eat bacon, there's nothing wrong with it. I eat it. I like pork, but pork don't like me, my stomach. Bacteria breeds from pork quickly. And God was warning his people. Don't eat it. Two probable implications can be considered in this dietary injunction by way of application. The term chew the cut is associated with the word meditate. To meditate literally means to chew the cud. You remember what David said in Psalm 119, verse 99. Let me read it to you quickly. You don't have to turn to it. Psalm 119, verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Chew the cud. Animals that chew the cud bring up the food that they ate and get every part, every nourishment out of the grass. God made the animals this way to teach a spiritual message. And God's people were commanded to meditate on God's holy law, to ponder it, to bring it back to mind, to chew the cud. Christians too ought to bring the word of God to their minds. When they hear the word of God, nowadays God's word is no longer preach ended before people's minds are somewhere in left field in the foyer of the church. Coupons coming out. Come on. God is teaching a lesson. The other specification God gave to his people in the selected animals to eat are those that part the hoof. Verse 3, whatsoever part of the hoof and is cloven footed and chews the cud among the beasts, that shall ye eat. To have hoofs that are parted means that the hoof of the animal is separated. The Lord's people were to be a separated people from the nations around them. 
Today we are to be a separated people, not only in our worship, but how we live in this world. A good text we can ponder where these truths are seen is the very first psalm that we are familiar with. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, there are some distinct graces that are seen in the blessed man. Now, I know in the deeper context that this man is the perfect man, but in the application context, this man is a saved man. But there are three distinct graces seen in the blessed man. One, separation. Does not live like the ungodly around him. There's a distinction. When you and I live like believers. Two, meditation. His thought pattern is not dominated by the sitcoms and the financial index. But his delight is in the word of God. I love the word of God. And that's why you see me here, standing up. I know other people that love the word of God. But I know some in our church that don't love the word of God. But we can make it look as though we love the word of God. But there are a lot of people that don't love the word of God. The word of God is precious. People lost their lives for the word of God. Read Fox's Book of Markers. Read those books. Read Pilgrim's Progress. Read those books. We have it easy in America. Easy. I'm a Christian, so what? So am I. Tree, reproduction. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. I said to the people in Zimbabwe, his season is the season of grace. The believer is planted where waters flow, not where muck and mire contaminates. And you should understand the analogy. You ought to know where water flows from. And the believer is planted there. Beautiful, beautiful metaphors in the Bible and teach the fruit a believer brings forth in season is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as I said, the season he bring forth this fruit is the season of grace. Dietary laws in the Old Testament have relevance for Christians in the New Covenant. Truly, 
Truly, brethren, every jot and tittle of the law will be fulfilled. Then we move to forbidden animals. We use specified animals. Forbidden animals, 427. For four. Nevertheless, these shall you not eat of them that chew the cud, of them that divide the hoof as the camel, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, is unclean to you. There was not only the positive side of Israel's diet, there was the negative. They were not supposed to eat the unspecified animal's meat. Some animals chewed a cud, but did not part the hoof. Some parted the hoof, but did not chew the cud. God was very specific. You know how it is with us. You know how we like to cut corners. And some of you do, even in the in your Christian life. Verse 5 and 6 go on. And the cooney, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the hare, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he's unclean unto you. Why is God so specific? Why? Why didn't he just... Why is he so specific? Because he is pointing to our lives. What our lives ought to be in the church, in worship, and there today. Verse 7, And the swine, though he divide the hoof, and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud. He is unclean to you. Of their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcass shall you not touch. They are unclean to you. When Jesus spoke the parable of the prodigal, he said that the prodigal was sent into the man's field to feed pigs. He became unclean. And this is what happened to the unsaved. Their lives is marked by uncleanness. Don't touch the pig. I think somebody here used to raise pigs, but I ain't calling no name. God's people were not to eat or touch forbidden animals. God had spiritual intentions for his people. He also wanted to preserve his people where the Messiah was coming. Messiah is to come from the seed of Israel. And Messiah was not to be born with no bacteria and infirmities. God is wise. God preserve us here. God preserve his people. And it, and it behooves us to listen. And I'll get further with this message before I close. Certain meats may have had contaminated the blood the bloodline of God's people hasten their death, breed bacteria, and cause other diseases. God's race must be a pure race. God in these lots sought to preserve the line of Israel. The Lord has an interest in the lives of his people. 
who say that God isn't interested in our lives and our children. The clothes I see somewhere, the parents, how they dress their girls, the places they send them away from church with their friends on weekends to miss church. God has a concern about our people, some you don't see for weeks. What happened to them? We are not a Christian people. We do not have a Christian home. Our home is heathen by definition. God preserves his people, but he gives us laws in which to preserve them. If you put pork out there and leave it, the flies and anything would, 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 would be on it. There's a way to preserve meat. We got modern conveniences today in Africa. I don't know to kill a cow Saturday and on the next Saturday, the cow is still edible. Why? They use means to dry this animal and to salt it. Whereby it doesn't make you sick. They don't have a deep freeze like you and me, but they have common sense that God gives them to preserve. Why don't we use the means to preserve our families and our lives? The Lord has an interest in his people. Today, Christ has come. There is no spiritual profit in these things today. Zero. Nada. None. Some may think so, but they die just as quick as you and me. I know people that don't eat meat and don't eat this, and they die in their 40s. You see, they think it is their diet that's keeping them alive. They really think so. I don't eat this, I don't eat that. Oh, so what? You're dead anyhow. You see, the moment you begin putting trust in anything but God, God will take you out. Christ has come. Some may think that it is themselves. Our lifespan isn't going to change one iota. And I just point, pinpoint two, two men, younger than I am. Shock. Shock. I didn't know what to say to my aunt. I ain't all the way in Africa. It's like you're helpless. What are you going to do? Travel 16 or 18 hours and then four and a half more. You'll be dead by the time you get down with the same thing. Same thing. You're helpless. Romans 14, 1 and 3 says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believes that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. So if you only eat herbs, if you're a vegetarian, you're weak. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God have received him. When the Lord went to the cross and rose again, all of these dietary laws became meaningless. Christ fulfilled them. 
And thus we read in 1 Timothy 3 that every creature is to be eaten with thanksgiving. God is not interested in what we eat today. He is interested in how we are living in the world and in this church. We should be careful with our associations out of the church. We read in 1 Timothy 4, 4 through 6, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. First Timothy 4, 4 through 6. Paul instructed Timothy. That's what to teach. If you go and they kill a pig and they roast it and tell you eat it, it is all well and good with your stomach, eat. The kind of things they put before us, I don't even ask any questions. I remember one time we was in Bulawayo and we ate this meat and when we done, the guy said, you know what you just eat? I said, no. He said, ostrich. I said, so what? It tastes like turkey. Big deal. Brother Depo went to Zimbabwe one time. He called me and told me, guess what I had today? Insects, worms to eat. They say it got a lot of omega. I see you eat that. Yeah, they sell them in the supermarket. Worms. They say when you fry them up with onion, they're good. Well, next time I'll bring some for you guys. Worms. Eat. Some say they don't eat certain meats, but you can't put down more booze than that. They ain't got nothing wrong with a bottle of Seagram 7, but they got something wrong with pork. Others say pork is off limits, but they watch more junk on TV than anyone else. I'm giving you these things because we can be judgmental and we can be, we can be worse off than those who don't eat or those who eat. The Lord says it is not what goes into the man that defiles the man, but what comes out from the heart is what defiles the man. And sometimes some of the worst things comes out of people's mouths that don't eat these things and their lives too. Immediately after Paul's instructions to Timothy, he said, but reject, after giving him this thing about meat, but reject profane and all wise fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. Bodily exercise profits little but spiritual exercise is profitable. Right on the heels of meat and abstinence from meat or partaking of meat, Paul says, but 
You could eat anything, but. So you see where the emphasis is on doctrine. Doctrine. What we teach, what we believe. Doctrine. Also, Paul had a hard time. Sorry, it isn't Paul, it is Peter. Had a hard time transitioning from the old dispensation, Olive, to the new dispensation. He said, Lord, I never eat anything common or unclean. The apostles adhere to dietary laws, including Peter. Peter got rebuked for stretching this injunction too far in Acts. Voice came to him saying the second time, what God have cleansed do not call common and unclean. God rebuked him. What are you telling me what to do? I am the one that arranged these dispensations. Some people want to tell God what to do. God was ushering in a new dispensation. What you and I eat no longer matters. The cross is the cure for all ceremonial shadows and types. I, understand, I hope you understand why these dietary laws were given. But as time escaped, I want to make some practical applications out of our material for us today in the new covenant. One, we must be circumspect about doctrine. We must be circumspect about doctrine. People in our church do not know doctrine. They walk in here midway in a, in a service and give, I'm, I'm smile in my face. And when I say something, they're upset. They don't know about the holiness of God. But, but this morning you were talking about attire. And the one thing that I I know he's watching tonight and spoke to him already today is our brother Kuzi. The very first Lord's Day, this guy came in to worship the slippers. And he said, you don't come to the Lord's house with slip. He called them flip-flops. Next Sunday, he learned. I saw his picture today, Brother Colin, because they send me pictures of Mabel Ray. Homeboy got on shoes. People don't want you to say anything to them. But a serious man, a minister, would say something. He would dare to lose friendships. And some of you men ain't ready to lose friendships for being fearful. must be circumspect. We're not perfect in doctrine. Some Christians think they are free spirit believers. They are of the opinion that all religions are going in the same direction. If this was true, why would the Lord Jesus say broad is the way that leads to destruction and many be thereat? It's not a free-for-all. We don't have a free-for-all here. We're one big family. No, we're not. We become part of the family of God by faith and repentance. 
and repentance is ongoing. We're not all family. If all religions were going the same place, why would God say, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. All religions are not going the same place. Some may have parted hoofs, but they do not chew the cud. I'm using this figuratively. Some may say they are separated unto God, but they are mingling with worldliness and false teachings. There is a generation that is pure in their own eyes, but yet not wash from their filthiness. Be careful of your doctrine and what you are swallowing. Many leave this place and succumb to the TBN network for their dose of liberal theology. You know what's the TBN network, you know better than me. The Trinity, broadcasting, whatever. But you see all of the charismatic people there. And some of you may leave here, you got cable, and switch on TBN, even in Zimbabwe it is there. With all of these quacks, and they come in here. You see what I'm saying? Some may chew the cud, but not part the hoof. And you and I should be thorough in our attempt to worship God and to live. Mingle teaching is bad teaching, very bad teaching. Second, by way of application, today we must be choosy, choosy about our associations, choosy whose conference we attend, where we worship when we travel, choosy. We should always look for places that are close to Reformation. Choosy about these things. Paul in the Corinthians says, what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God have said, I will dwell in them and will walk in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. Here he's using the Old Testament, the pig. And I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you. Shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Choosy. This passage that I just quoted from Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18, is an Old Testament quote from Leviticus chapter 26. Right in Leviticus, the Apostle Paul reached in. Let me read. And also in Exodus, by the way, 11. Let me read the Leviticus text sent me in Leviticus. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you, and I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. The tabernacle God set among us is Christ. 
He's in our midst. He's in our worship. He's in our lives. Then we are converted through the Holy Spirit. How are we going to bounce in all of the every church? Oh, I went to the free whatever church, free evangelical church, woman pastor. All the wise master builder took the law and applied it in the church of Corinth to show its relevance to the church today. We should be careful of the doctrine that we are holding as a church. We should guard our pulpit. Well, every sermon that is preached here, I knew what was being preached. And this is what Brother Frank did, and this is why I respect him. Sunday school morning and evening. I need to know what is being preached. I need to know ahead of time what is being preached. Frank is a disciplined man. He has to be. He came upon the pastor market. We should be choosy about our associations. If men come in here, they're not just coming in here because they can preach. We must be agreeable. Some people ask, well, how come so-and-so don't come? You mean you ain't learned yet? You ain't know why so-and-so don't come? You should know why so-and-so don't come. How come we don't know? I get all kinds of letters in here. All kinds from people that I know and that you know. They don't reach this pulpit. Because I have a filter. Next to the desk, or this, there's a filter there. You see it, right? What's the name of it? Garbage. You have to be choosy with your people. You have to be careful with your associations with your people. Lastly, physical diet never makes a person spiritual. Physical diet never makes one spiritual. Kosher foods do not bring anyone close to God. It is the spiritual disciplines that we must be concerned about. Times of prayer, times of worship, times of fellowship, times of reading and meditating. These are the disciplines. First Corinthians 8, 8, but meat commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat, are we any better? Neither if we eat not, are we any worse? So Loretta, you can eat meat. Paul was a Hebrew in every sense of the word, but he learned that those things in the law were given to direct us to the Savior. So may we never dismiss, brethren, any part of the Bible as trivial, no matter how, how hard it's on, and how impossible it sounds to understand. Stick with it. If you do this, if you rush out Leviticus, and say, oh, that's a lot of blood and stuff. Don't do that. You are missing out on disciplines in the Christian life. 
These things are to be taught to people. So don't dismiss the word of God as trivial. They're relevant. Christians are to be separated in how they worship, separated in their doctrine, separated in how they live. May God be pleased to bless this word tonight. We thank you for your help, O Heavenly Father. It is you who helps us and not we ourselves. And now that another day has come to an end, O Lord's Day, be with your people. Preserve your people. Help your people to understand the seriousness of our calling in this life. Dismiss us with your love. In Jesus' holy name, amen.